Sam Lane and Matt Williams Hitting the ground running, talking about America's pastime It's twice as nice It's the Turn 2 Podcast My oh my Put me in coach, I'm ready to play fantasy I know I turn two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third, cause I want to win first. How am I to put all of these numbers to words? I know the terms from A to Z, it's like a gift and a curse. I know the difference between a splitter and a curb, but if I can't put it in the points, man, then what's it worth? I need the truth. I need knowledge. Found this podcast with all of it, but what they call it? Turn two. Turn two. Turn two. What it do? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn 2 Podcast. We are in part two of Outfielders. Uh, we left off right with, I believe, Mitch Hanniger, and we have a million more Outfielders to go. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. My uh, my name is Matthew Williams. I'm your host. I'm joined, like always, by Mr. Sam Lane. What's up, buddy? Hey, friends. Hi, friend. <laughs> Hi, friend. We're deep into, not deep into, we're well within to spring training now where uh, everyone has pretty much gotten into a game by now with a, you know, with the exception of a few people that are rehabbing some injuries and, and things of that nature. A uh, few people off to like a blistering start that we'll get into in these rankings because a couple of them are outfielders. Um, but uh, starting off, we, we left off at Mitch Hanniger going right into number 26. We're not going to go number by number. There's just too many. But we'll start right at number 26, Victor Robles, the Washington Nationals. One of the main reasons Bryce Harper is not a national anymore, that young outfield they have um, in Washington, uh, that they're not paying a lot of money right now. They decided to go get Patrick Corbin. They got Victor Robles. Um, why is he going so high? You know, he was, he was a tremendous prospect in the minor leagues uh, at every level. And uh, they were, he was a, a little logjam because of how many people they had. And Michael Taylor continues to suffer the fate of that. I wish they just release him and let him go into the wild somewhere else. Uh, but last year in limited bats, when he finally got into the majors, he batted 288 with three home runs and three stolen bases. Um, if you aren't, aren't familiar with his minor league work, he's actually more of a speedster, but he is a dual threat. Uh, so what you can really expect out of him is like, you know, 275 ish batting average with 10, like 15 to 20 home runs and like 30 steals. So this guy really is a, a difference maker. And he looked really good when he came up to the majors last year. Again, it was limited plate appearances, but, um, you know, his, his, his walk rate was a little down from the minors. His K rate was a little up. So that's all to be expected. But the power was very legitimate and he looked kind of comfortable up there. Um, what do you think of Victor Robles? Like you said, I mean, he's not going to be Bryce Harper, um, but he's going to stuff the box score. I mean, he's going to give you stats and basically everything. Um, he'll probably hit 280-ish. Um, but like you said, he's just – he's not – he. I think those power numbers that he had in the short stint he was up here were a little elevated because in the minors you were talking about like a 150 ISO – which isn't super power, but I mean, he's got some power there. So I think that 15 home runs is about right. But I think the steals is where we're really going to see his value here. So uh, 
kind of reminds me of a uh, cane a little bit. Um, but you can get them a lot later than Kane. Yeah. Uh, the only thing you're doing is risking because it's a rookie. The only thing that concerns me with uh, Robles a little bit is his spot in the lineup, which is not really known. Um, obviously, for a guy looking for stolen bases, we saw last year with you know Adam Eaton or Trey Turner where they're putting him in the lineup. Could end up determining what actually ends up happening with him in the speed. So, uh, But the, he has all the talent in the world, and um, I would not mind taking him. Uh, moving on down the list, we'll talk about Nick Castellanos. He's he's just one. He just can hit really well. He's not uh, overly um, crazy in any particular category. He's just very good across the board. Just kind of boring stats. Like if you say, what's a good hitter? Uh, what do you got to be to consider to be good in a category? He kind of hits that in every mark. He's going to hit around 300, maybe a little less, um, like under maybe like 280 to 300. He's going to hit you like 25 home runs. 80 to 90 in both runs and and uh, in RBIs. The only problem is the Detroit Tigers have gotten a lot worse. Um, They're going to be one of the worst teams in the American League, and that could be an issue. You will need a bounce back from Miguel Cabrera uh, or something to, to help him out in that lineup. Uh, otherwise, he's going to have no protection whatsoever. So that I'm kind of shying away from taking him. Um, you know, he... he because I think those kind of numbers, like maybe you won't find exactly later in the draft, but guy like a guy right behind him, Justin Upton, I think these numbers are close enough to find much, much later in the draft, where if you're not that special, especially on a bad hitting team, I don't want any part of you. Well, and I think you, we had brought up uh, the last time we talked off air that Castellanos might be a good trade target. Before, uh, a few weeks before the trade deadline, just in case they do decide to trade him away to a better team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a good hitter. He's a good hitter on a bad team. Um, the last two seasons, he's been a very good hitter. Actually, the last three seasons, really. So if if he you hear rumors about Castellanos, he might be a good trade target in the middle of the season. Yep, I agree. I mean, he, he already asked to leave. Actually, I mean, you, you know, I don't I don't know how much they're going to listen to him. He's just a young kid who has no control. But uh, you know, he would he would net a pretty good price for them. Um, Justin Upton right behind him. He's almost the same exact kind of player. You're basically sacrificing some batting average. You're getting a little more power and some stolen bases, but not much. Uh, you know, you expect maybe a 250, 260 batting average, thirty home runs, ninety RBIs, like five to ten steals. Um, He's he's actually a pretty good value where he's going, but you can, like I said, we're going to mention some guys you can get much later in the draft and get this uh, same kind of price. The value for me here with Upton is we're looking at him as the 28th outfielder according to NFBC. Because he's so boring, he tends to fall in drafts. Like this is NFBC. These are kind of people that know what they're doing. Other people, they kind of like are bored by by Justin Upton, you'll sometimes see him slide in drafts and then maybe he'll fall to you and become a better value. But I think at 28, uh, the 28th outfielder, where he's going around that area with other players at other positions, I think you can afford to wait on him. But um, he's hit 30 home runs three years in a row. He's hit over 25 home runs six years in a row. I mean, if you want power and a little bit of speed, I mean, it's almost guaranteed with Upton. I think you're almost in the same boat, like you said, with with Castellanos, because really this is just not – the Angels do not have a good lineup. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I mean, even – but he but he still produced very well last season. Um, I actually think he's a very good value here. 
um, just because of his consistency over really his career since about 2009, he's been very consistently good mm-hmm. hitter. Um, the, I think, but I, but I think his ceiling is definitely capped a little bit uh, being in that angels lineup. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's a little better in the tigers lineup, but like you said, Upton has been pretty consistent. So um, yeah, if you're looking for those power numbers, you can pretty much write them down. You can write down at least, at least a 250 like batting average with 30 home runs, 90 to hundred RBIs. He's going to give you five to 10 stolen bases unless he's injured. So, you know, Upton's okay there. Nothing special, but he's, he is what he is. And if you need that, just pencil him in for Roto. Uh, D Gordon don't like him. I uh, don't think either of us really do. We talked a little bit about him for second base. Uh, he is, he's a speedster, but you know, I, I mean, in, in 2017 in almost 700 plate appearances, he stole 60 bases last year in 600. He stole 30. Uh, if he's only going to be stealing 30 and he's going to not contribute in any other category at all, you can get guys like that later. Um, you know, you can get, uh, you can get Billy Hamilton later. You can get a couple of guys, uh, you can get, you know, get Greg Allen from the Indians, maybe, maybe, um, take out, you know, flyers and guys like that. And they won't cost you a thing, but to draft a guy at this kind of capital where ahead of some of the guys we're about to talk about, it just seems insane to me to pay this much for a guy that's not even totally elite, uh, speedster anymore. I mean, unless I'm expecting 60 stolen bases, I, I really don't want D. D Gordon. Yeah, I'm not touching him. We we already talked about it. That that lineup is also not fantastic. And, yeah, got gutted. <laughs> um, D. Gordon definitely is not contributing much, and he may not lead off. I mean, it's for I mean, maybe Malik Smith for I'm assuming. Right. Actually, I I have him brought up right now. I would rather have Malik Smith than D. Gordon because Malik Smith is going to give you. I mean, he gave you four. He he had forty stolen bases last season. Um, he's probably going to give you close to that again. But he also had a two ninety six average. But you're probably looking closer to two seventy. Um, Sixty five runs, forty RBIs. I I would I would rather have Malik Smith than I would D Gordon. Yep, and I actually think Malik Smith in another year of full opportunity. I mean, yeah, the uh, his batting average is probably going to come back a little bit, but I could see him stealing even more bases. He's one fast guy. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'd rather take the – yeah, if you're going for, for stolen bases, I definitely would rather take the hit there. Moving on down the line, Will Myers, we won't talk about too much. Uh, if you want to talk about him more, uh, hear about him, go to our third base show. Uh, injured all the time, has the ability to be a 20-20 guy, if not a 30-20 guy. I mean, this guy can power speed threat. In that revamped Padres lineup, it was beautiful to see today with Machado in there batting third. I mean, they're the completely different lineup with him in there just lengthens it. But Will Myers is a, a little bit of a risk, um, not the kind of risk I want to take at the 30th overall outfielder, especially with a guy behind him like Michael Conforto, one of my favorite guys. Not a total surprise because I'm a Mets fan, but um, there was so much hype around this guy um, because before he uh, he injured his shoulder. Uh, you know, he came in as a rookie. He he went in um, to his uh, to a World Series or into the playoffs as a younger player. Hit a home run uh, in a in a high profile situation. The next year, he comes off is supposed to have this huge season. Um, in 440 plate appearances, he hit uh, batted 280 with uh, 27 home runs, and um, then uh, he gets this uh, this shoulder injury, and it he just wasn't the same guy. I mean, he came back a little late. 
into the season, didn't get quite started. And it was just, it was just obvious that he just wasn't comfortable. Like he was swinging the bat and he hit a couple of home runs, but you could just tell on um, all the, you know, on all the, uh, the metrics that, you know, he just wasn't the same guy, but he was getting stronger as the season went on, which is what was expected with the recovery from that injury. Even with that, he batted 243. Um, he had a 289 batting extra balls in play, you know, that, so you can expect that to come up a little bit, but most of that was from the shoulder. He still had a 204 ISO. Remember the previous year, 276. So he's doing all this despite his shoulder. Still had 28 home runs and 82 RBIs. I am expecting a big year out of him. I mean, I think he is a good hitter, by the way. Think nothing of that 243 batting average. This is a guy that once he is like kind of a locked in, I think can hit a lot closer to 290. But I'm going to say 275 to 280, 30-plus home runs, uh, close to 90 to a, uh, 90 runs, 100 RBIs. I, I think he's one of the steals of the draft. If you're looking to anyone like, uh, you know, the Uptons or anyone like that, take Michael Conforto. Um, young guy, much better lineup. Um, chip on his shoulder, something to prove. Love this guy. Yeah, I, I agree. I am not a Mets fan, by the way. Uh, I He's one of my favorite later round outfielders as well. Um, like you said, he he came in and was pretty weak to start, but his second half he came on extremely strong. Hit um, two seventy three in the second half of the season, uh, and I just lost where I was. Uh, <laughs> there we are, two seventy three versus two sixteen. Um, he had seventeen home runs in the second half. Uh, his uh, weighted runs created plus jumped from 101 to 143. His WOBA th- from 313 to 377. His BAPIP went up above 300 to 315. Um, home run to fly ball ratio went up. Like He just, like you said, got healthier as the season wore on. And I would expect maybe not 2017 numbers, but definitely somewhere between 2017 and 2018 numbers. So for pick 31 or, or sorry, the 31st outfielder off of the board, pick 106, basically very good value. And I think he could end up being a top 10 outfield producer this season. Yep. I completely agree. Um, moving on quickly through a couple of guys, AJ Pollock is next up in the, in the rankings. Uh, last year he had 257 with 21 home runs and 13 stolen bases and 460 plate appearances. We all know the, the story with Pollock He's constantly injured. He's gonna be injured. He's. It's not that he's. It's and the thing is, it's not like he's chronically injured though. It's not like the same thing over and over again. He's like snake bit, like Rich Harden used to be, if you remember him from the A's, uh, pitcher. Um, but it's still it's hard to it's hard to really put your your money on a guy that's always injured, especially with the contract he signed. He hardly even bet on himself. So if you want a two fifty batting average with twenty home runs and twenty stolen bases. And you want to take a guy like that in this area of the draft? Pass on Pollock and go after Ruffnet Odor in a in a position where you could use use that uh, those stats a lot more in a guy who's not going to be injured. Uh, I'm not drafting Pollock. Yeah, I mean, so he's basically had one full season his entire career. Maybe maybe we can call it two, mm-hmm. but. In since 2014, so in 2014 he had 75 games played, and then 2015 he had 157. 2016 he had 12. 2017 he had 112. 2018 he had 113. He's a very, he's still a very good hitter. I mean, hey, even last year, yeah, at, when he was playing his best, 
MVP caliber talent. Like he is that good when he is playing his best, but you just don't see it enough, unfortunately. I mean, it's kind of it. It really is sad. Uh, right. He is he is really gifted, but always hurt. Yeah, I and and I mean, even in, in that full season, it, it kind of tells you how gifted he is. He had 20 home runs, 111 runs, 76 RBIs, 39 stolen bases. So when he's in there and playing, he's great. It's just that he's constantly injured. And I think that, I don't know how much it is actually snake bit. It might just be who he is. Mm-hmm. He just, it's, it's not the same injury, but when you're constantly getting injured, I think the term injury prone actually has to come into play at this point. Yep. Uh, Joey Gallo, uh, you know, we talked about him at first base. You know what you're getting, uh, you know, Mendoza line batting average, 40 home runs. You can almost mark them both down. If uh, you've you've gone speed and, and, you know, aces and speed up to this point, you can afford to take a hitting batting average. You need some power. Joey Gallo's your guy. Um, you know, you can just mark down 40 home runs and, and pen. Uh, and it's just a matter of your needs at that point in the draft. That's, that's all that is with him. Uh, Aloy Jimenez. I don't know what to make of him because we do not know when he's coming up. My best bet would be June because the White Sox, after striking out on all the major free agents, have no reason to rush this kid. So I'd say they wait until Super 2, way past, uh, you know, well well past the midpoint of June until this guy comes up, which is going to really eat into his at-bats. So I think he has all the talent in the world. I mean, I could see this guy hitting 300 with, you know, 30 home runs, 100 runs, 110 RBIs, like, He's really good, but the playing time, taking him this early, I mean, you know, take Michael Conforto a couple of picks earlier um, or, you know, wait, wait, wait a few picks and take Steven Piscotti or something. Um, I mean, you could get lightning in a bottle. He could come up earlier. I mean, this is just, you just got to take the variable variables uh, where they lay. And, you know, Eloy just, Eloy Jimenez just comes with a lot of risk because of playing time. And he still is a rookie. You know, he could very well just come up and struggle. People do. Um, I mean, what do you think of him? He's just, he's really good. Just, you know, too many risks this for this early draft pick for me. This dude rakes. He's very like good. He, he's one of the best outfield. I'm, or, well, I don't know who the best is at this point, but he's one of the best outfield prospects out there right now. But like you said, I mean, it would do no good for the White Sox to bring him up early. Um, so it might just be pay attention to news out of uh, the White Sox organization to see when they would bring him up post yeah. whatever. I can't remember the deadline, but post that. It's so, a moving deadline. It's, it's, yeah. it's June, middle of June, end of middle of June. I will say when, one thing with uh, Jimenez is – with all the stuff the Blue Jays have been saying about Vlad, it really wouldn't shock me at all for Jimenez to have a better year than Vlad, like for for fantasy. People forget, if it wasn't for Vlad, how much attention would this guy be getting? Like, it's, he's almost like the forgotten um, stud. So if you're talking about, if, like, you're really into prospects, he's a much better value, in my opinion, than Vlad uh, because it looks like they're probably going to get called up at the same time. But obviously, Vlad's going, like, third round or fourth round and Eloy's right. going here or pick 123. I mean, the dude, he's going to be well over two. I mean, and it may not be this season. You brought up a good point that he will be a rookie. He could struggle, but he's going to be a great hitter. And we're talking about like well over 200 ISO. Um, I would say 30 home runs is on the low end of his range. Uh, 
So, yeah, you're probably looking at 30-plus home runs, 100-plus runs, 120-plus RBIs at his probably his ceiling. But when uh, this this kid can hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's good. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, be sad if he was on my team. He just carries a lot of risk. Although we once you're past the people we've already talked about, you're getting into lower end players and a little risk. So if you want some upside, I can get it. Just know that you are possibly um, needing another guy until the end of June. Um, And he's then coming back into not a terrific lineup as well. But Aloy, yeah, he can rake. He's amazing. Um, We're getting into the boring tier now. Michael Brantley. Um, Last year he had 310 with 15 home runs, 15 stolen bases for uh, the Indians. And now he has been – he is with the Houston Astros. Obviously a much better lineup. Mm The only thing there is I'm not sure, you know, he's obviously had injury histories. Now, it's it's funny. Everyone thinks that this guy is like completely injured all the time. He's actually had over 600 plate appearances um, almost the last four years. Last year, he had 596. Before that, 676, 611, 609. He is constant, constantly hampered by injuries. Um, that's something that's completely true. But um, he... I think at this value, I, I'm pretty happy with him. I took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that T, you know, whatever the uh, TGBFI, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think in Houston's lineup, I think that uh, you can just take what he did last year and jack up his, his runs and RBIs. You, you know, you, you can live with the injury risk with how many at bats he still seems to get. And I will take the, uh, the guaranteed high batting average, with uh, across the board stats, especially in a roto league where I, you know, it doesn't, I can plug and play him as necessary. When he's healthy, he's also an extremely good hitter. I mean, 2014, he had a 151 uh, weighted runs created plus. 2015, he had 133. Last year, he had 124. I mean, I, I think I wholly agree. I, I, you're probably looking at 15 to 20 home runs, maybe over a hundred runs, maybe 80 plus RBIs, 12 to 15 stolen bags. Like he's for where he's going, he's going to be a very good value. And if he stays on the field and isn't hampered by injuries, he's going to, you're going to be excited to have him on your team. Yep. Yeah. Um, right behind him is Aaron Hicks, you know, just got signed to like what? Seven year, $70 million contract. Everyone's signing these long contracts, mega, mega contracts. <laughs> now, Last year was his best year of his career by far. Um, he had 27 home runs with a previous career high of 15. Uh, obviously, he got the at-bats, though, finally. He did get 581 plate appearances. His previous career high in the majors was 361. So it all checks out as far as you know extrapolation goes. Um, his batting after balls in play was actually a little low last year, but his home run to fly ball ratio was 19 so I think you're going to give him a little more batting average, maybe take a little bit of power away. But either way, that ends up with a hitter that's around 250, 260 with 25 home runs, um, you know, mid 80s in both runs and RBIs. And he's going to give you 10 stolen bases. So I I, I do love him here. The only thing is, um, you know, they do. A, they still have Brett Gardner. They still have Clint Frazier. I don't know what they're going to do with with plate appearances too much. Uh, so that's the only like annoying downside to him, but 
I mean, if you believe in him, you know, in 2017, he played at a certain level and last year he kind of duplicated it. So there's really no reason to believe that he's not a great pick as a 36 outfielder around to 124 off the board. I can't imagine that they're not going to play him 140 games. I'm I'm definitely taking whatever quote unquote risk there is there. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think that lineup's very good. So I don't think you're really risking anything there. I think Matt's right. I mean, that line is going to be about 25, 80, 80, 10. And again, where we're at in this draft, like you're going to take that all day. Yep. Well, this is why earlier we said, skip, skip the guys like Will Myers, D Gordon, Justin Upton. Well, maybe not Justin Upton as much, but once you get much deeper in this draft right in a row, you get Michael Branley, Aaron Hicks, and now, we're going to talk about Ender Enciarte. Um, last year, he batted 265. Previous years, he had 304 and 291. I think that's more like it. Uh, 11 and 10 home runs, 22 and 28 stolen bases uh, between 80 and 90 runs both years. Uh, for the Braves, still a, you know, a very, very good lineup. Uh, you can pump in him for like a 280 batting average, 10 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and about 80 runs. Not so many RBIs, but... Um, just another great value in the middle of the draft for a boring player who could very well s- slip past this point of the draft also because people see the name in Darren Ciarte like, eh, you know, but he's he's a very valuable player. And I think this tier with Brantley Hicks and Enciarte is just a great, great value. Why take guys early on where there's a lot of risk or or, or maybe risking on a rookie or, or a one category guy when you can get these guys that kind of contribute across the board? Uh, they're they're fairly safe um, to a degree, you know. Enciarte is kind of exhibit A for skipping D Gordon because you can get near that thirty base threshold if if D Gordon only is is capped now there and still get those ninety runs, sixty plus RBIs and a better average and a handful of stolen base or a right. handful of uh, home runs too. Right. So I mean. I would be picking Enciarte ahead of D Gordon, but because of where he's going, he's going almost way. Well, it's three rounds later, almost. I'm yep. I'm waiting on Enciarte if if that's the direction you need to head. Yep. So yeah, I mean yeah, Brantley Hicks Enciarte. I love that. A uh, couple of red flaggers right after here, right kind of bunched together. David Peralta. He had a phenomenal year last year. He had two ninety three. Uh, which he did the previous year, uh, exactly 293, and on base 352, two years in a row, both. It's very freaky. Um, and they all have about the same uh, walk percentage. But last season, uh, in 2017, he had 14 home runs. Last year, he had 20, or he had 30 home runs. So the big difference is exactly one thing, just like our buddy uh, uh, Christian Yellick, his home run to fly ball ratio. His average for his career is around 10 to 12%. His is 23.4% last year. That will be coming down. But he he killed the ball last year. His ground ball rate was down a good 5% from the year before. He had a 48.6 hard contact percentage and a 223 ISO. So you don't want to maybe you don't have to drop them down like some people are on their bus list saying, you know, maybe 2017 season of 293, 14 home runs is his is his level. I think more like, you know, I think more like 290, 20, 
maybe a, a mid twenties is his level. Um, you know, going like 80, 80 with uh, runs and RBIs. So people are letting him fall. I'm seeing him fall everywhere. And while I do not think he should be being picked where he is, uh, I think he's a pretty good value that I'm seeing like fall deeper and deeper into drafts. The only issue with him, I mean, as far as his skills go, he is uh, still stuck in the humidor. Paul Goldschmidt is gone. AJ Pollock is gone. Um, so you got to also take that into account. So overall for me, he's not going to end up on any of my teams because there's enough things that bother me about him. But don't read too much into the uh, home run to fly ball ratio. He has a lot of good things going for him. He's a solid player. He's just um, he's a little risky for his, his current price tag. So, and this is more of a question for me and probably our fans or listeners. So, I mean, you, you saw... A, he he was normally around like 30 to 35 percent hard contact percentage but then he jumped up to 48.6 that to me is a red flag to you it seems like it's not for uh, for what for what that it has hard for, contact percentage yeah his hard contact percentage no sorry. not as much because I mean the, I mean it's all relative there's some people that'll just look at like home run to fly, fly ball ratio and then they'll go look at hard contact oh he hit the ball harder therefore it makes sense that's not necessary but when I look that when I when I look in general that he was actually um, hitting less ground balls he was hitting more line drives um, he was just. He just had a better batted ball profile in general. He was hitting the ball harder, but he was hitting more quality hard hit balls in general. Like I said, the less ground balls, the more line drives. Um, so, you know, everything else, like you want to talk about, remember I said his batting average and his um, his batting average and his uh, on base were like the same the last two years. Three out of the last four years, his O-swing has been 31.8 on the dot. I mean, this guy is remarkably consistent with the way he approaches everything. Just last year, he uh, he appeared to um, just hit the ball a little bit harder because he was just making better contact. Whether you think that's repeatable or not, you know, is a separate thing. His contact percentage was actually uh, down 2% last year, but it's like well within, you know, well within, um, you know, his career career average so you know it's it's just something we're gonna have to see play out to be honest I mean his numbers are not that far off he's in between his projections in 2017 and 2018 I think it's fair to say he's somewhere in between 2017 and 2018 which is kind of where I have him okay yeah I can get behind that yeah um I mean, wasted a lot of time talking about one guy that a lot of people are going to be passing on. But well, no, it's just one of those things where I think it's it's good information. I mean, you when you see your hard contact and home run fly ball jump like that, um, which is also a little bit of a red flag. Yeah, also interesting because um, the humidor was supposed to really drag everyone down there and he seemed to take like a hit up but i mean you look at baseball savant 91st percentile in the majors last year in exit velocity um 89th percentile in hard hit percentage 89th in expected batting average 81st percentile in expected slugging 80th in expected woba like he was just a solid hitter last year um with a little bit a little bit of a launch angle uh, increase from 4.2 up to 6.7. So, I mean, it's just little things like that that can make a difference, but in general, we're just going to have to see, uh, 
we're just going to have to see it play out. I just think he's a good hitter who's pretty consistent. They made a couple of adjustments that gave him a little more power, and I think that's kind of what it is. But he did get a little lucky with the home run to fly ball. But, I mean, I think, yeah, I think my stance is kind of clear at this point. I think that, yeah, I think he's in between where 2017 and 2018 is. I'm not as down on him as some, but I obviously understand that there's some there's some likely regression coming his way. Yep, I'm still here. (laughs) He's still here. All right, moving on from David Peralta. Andrew McCutcheon, um, pretty interesting guy. Uh, Not dead yet. Um, He's hit over 20 home runs for the last, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight seasons in a row. Uh, Last year was one of his worst seasons overall. Uh, Hit 255, still with 20 home runs, 83 runs. 14 stolen bases um, between the Pirates and the Giants. Obviously, the Giants was not a, a great park to hit in. But now he's with the Philadelphia Phillies. Totally revamped Philadelphia Phillies uh, with a revamped um, Reese Hoskins, who's ready to go, Gene Segura, and obviously Bryce Harper. Um I expect his numbers to jump up in that ballpark, and I expect them to jump up quite a bit uh, across the board. Um, looking at last year, 255, 20 home runs, um, 80, 80 runs, 65 RBIs. I'm expecting more along the lines of a 265, 270 batting average, upwards upwards of 30 home runs. I'm going to give him 25-plus home runs, 80 runs, 80 RBIs, and about 10 steals. I think he is a really nice steal in the draft. Like I love Andrew McCutcheon, especially in uh, Citizens Bank Park. Just fantastic value at around pick 140. Uh, what is the uh, the quote from um, – and now I just forgot his name. Oh, and I'm hitting things. Uh, <laughs> Mark Twain, the, the the rumors of my death were are greatly exaggerated. Yeah, the rumors of my like demise that. have been greatly yeah. exaggerated. Yes, but if you listen to like a lot of Giants fans, McCutcheon was terrible for them. But ultimately, his season ended up pretty good for everything that was said about him. Hey, if you drafted him at this point in the draft and you got his exact line from last year, you wouldn't hate it. <laughs> no. Like and it's just it's kind of it's kind of funny cuz I mean really if you're if you were just a a casual f- baseball fan and you heard about Andrew McCutcheon it was well, he was terrible for or he was terrible last year. He really wasn't. I mean, he had he had a decent season. Yes, he hadn't had he he didn't have a good season in terms of Andrew McCutcheon or what we have been used to. Yep. But at the same time, when you're getting 20 home runs, you're getting 80 plus runs. You're probably getting 80 plus RBIs uh, in a better hitters park and a better lineup in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, here's something people won't expect. Uh, have, has, have, has, have you seen the uh, projected lineups for the Phillies? They got Cesar Hernandez being bumped down to like the eight hole. And, that's crazy. And they've been leading Andrew McCutcheon off a lot, which they, people Ooh. might think, oh, that may ruin. His his RBI total, yeah, maybe a little bit. That'll probably wreck that a little, but it's gonna really increase his run total and stolen bases. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, uh, baseball savant. If you don't use it, is a fantastic website. He is still in the 88th percentile in sprint speed. Everybody, he is not slow. Um, he may be older, but he's not slow. If they plan on leading him off. Uh, do not expect 10 stolen bases. You know, I mean, you know, he could be, he could sneak up 
upwards towards 20. I'm not saying I'm expecting it, but if they are going to lead him off um, in that in that group, I mean, it's totally uh, an upside thing you can be expecting. Like last year, he stole 14, and all of a sudden he's going to be leading off um, for this squad. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of good things uh, for Andrew McCutcheon that could that could give him a lot of unexpected upside. All right, moving on to Ian Desmond. Don't want to talk about him at all. Uh, we talked about nope. him a little bit at first base. Uh, he was one of the worst ground ball hitters in baseball, along with Eric Hosmer. He sucks, and I don't want him. Even though he went 20-20. You're going to look it up. He went 20-20, to though. I'm like, eh. I, you know what? No. No, 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 no. Don't draft him. I think he's getting replaced midseason anyway. Um, that out The outfield prospects that the Rockies have and like Tapia, um, maybe Garrett Hampson if they decide to play him in the outfield. I just don't think that Desmond is going to last as the starting center fielder there. He's probably going to end up being a fourth outfielder. Yeah, to be honest, if it wasn't for his contract, it'd probably be a foregone conclusion. But they definitely have a they definitely have a bad issues there in Colorado of where to spread that wealth around. Um but anyway, enough about him. Billy Hamilton is next. The only nice thing I'll say about Billy Hamilton is him at 152 is a hell of a lot better than taking uh than taking what's his face, uh, D. D. Gordon, at, D. Gordon. Yeah, much earlier in the draft. I mean, in a full season, he obviously can steal sixty bases. <laughs> he stole close to sixty, almost four years in a row with the Reds until last year, where in five hundred and fifty plate appearances, he stole thirty four. The whole thing with him is you can't steal first base, folks. Um, but in you know that Royals lineup. He's not going to be a threat to lose any playing time, probably. They just don't have enough talent. So, I mean, 240 batting average, he will help you nowhere else but steals, but he probably will get you around 40. So if you come to that point in the draft and you have completely failed uh, to acquire stolen bases, I don't really have an issue at 150 taking Billy Hamilton, to be honest. I mean, who knows? Change of scenery could do him some good. Yeah, he's such a bad hitter. (laughs) He is. Uh, oh look up some God. Look, yeah, look up some <laughs> just put in horrible swing Billy Hamilton into to into Google and you'll find some funny stuff. They they really should have just taught him to tomahawk chop the ball and sprint to first. Yeah, just Willie Mays. He's just not a good hitter. <laughs> um here is one of the prime guys coming up next is why you pass on again the Castellanos Justin Uptons, in my opinion. A million picks later. You can well not a million picks later, about sixty picks later, you can pick up Stephen Piscotti, Oakland. Um, I won't go too depth into this, but I mean, if you're you're not familiar with Stephen Piscotti, all he had he had some family issues last year that may have uh, you know been weighing on his mind, and it was you know obviously a tough situation. But he's um, he's a year removed from that. You don't know how much that is really you know could really affect a person, but he's still he hit two sixty seven with twenty seven home runs, eighty eight RBIs for the Athletics, and they actually got a little better on offense, in my opinion. Uh, you know, they added um, everyone's uh, all their young guys like. Uh, uh, Chapman and Olsen are a year older. They added Profar. Um, they did lose Jed Lowry, but they did replace him for Profar. Um, but yeah, 267 with 27 home runs, 88 RBIs around pick uh, 160. I, I expect a pretty much a similar season going uh, going into this year. I mean, his K percentage was down last year, but so was his walk percentage. It was like, wait, I wasn't taking any walks. But yeah, I would say 
I would take the, the 267 average seems fine to me from last year. The 27 home runs, I think he could hit 30. And uh, I it, it really would not shock me if this guy came out with 100 RBIs. I won't predict it for him, but I think he has that kind of upside. Uh, and at this late in the draft, I just love him, and it's definitely why you pass on those other guys earlier. Fully agree. Uh, in his two full seasons, one with the Cardinals, one with the Athletics, he has hit – 273 and 267, 22 home runs, 27 home runs, 86 RBI or runs, 78 runs, 85 RBIs, 88 RBIs. So we have a decent idea of what kind of hitter he is. Like he's going to give you a 120 run, weighted run creator plus, uh, a 350 Woba. Um, his power is probably going to be around 200 or his ISO is going to be around 200, BAPIPs around 300. Like, he's just – he's pretty predictable. And like – well, I, I should say predictable in the two points of um, data that we have. But <laughs> when you have guys like Ian Desmond, Billy Hamilton going ahead of him, uh, you're – I mean, this is this is just another example of and, – and you could even like – this is an argument for Matt on the Justin Upton side is that you're getting almost the same line from Steven Piscotty and Piscotty is going 59 picks later than Justin Upton. Yep. And, so, ar- and actually arguably a better lineup. <laughs> there you go. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say arguably, I think it is a better lineup. Yep. I think the angels lineup's terrible. Well, you're not a fan of the Cole, Cole Calhoun. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving down the line here. Um, Nomar Mazzara. I love this guy. Um, I mean, I'm not alone probably in the people that are just waiting for this to happen, but uh, this, he is an exact um, perfect example of someone you should draft just hoping and praying because what did he do last year? Let me look up what he did last year here. Um, he batted two. 58 with 20 home runs, 77 RBIs. The previous year he had 253 with 20 home runs, 101 RBIs. They are working with him in spring training on his launch angle. And that is the only thing that is keeping him from being just a mega stud. Uh, He is 81st percentile in the majors in exit velocity and hard hit percentage. The only thing is the guy just hits a ton of line drives. Um, if they can get this guy hitting the ball in the air, I mean, the sky is the limit for Mazzara. Um, it's not a good lineup, but it's a beautiful ballpark uh, for him to be in. He is a good hitter, and I would really uh, be happy to get him on my team because I just I think he's just hit tool-wise. I mean, he is just a very good hitter, and he is just a tweak away from being um, – from popping a, th- I mean, I think him him batting like you know whatever two seven two sixty with a thirty home run um, this year. I just think it's going to happen. Uh, mark me, mark my, mark him down for me for 270, 30 home runs, um, ninety RBIs. I mean, I, I love Nomar Mazzara, and I think he's a steal this late. I I'm just imagining the the Rangers version of. Um, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, maybe not. I mean, not maybe not. Not nearly as good of hitters. Um, but could you? I mean, just imagine two guys that could do forty forty. I mean, forty home runs each. 
if he's able to get that launch angle up. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I don't see him that. I'm way. saying it. I, I'm not. I'm not predicting that, but I think that would be great if they both got 40 home runs I, this year. I would say this. I would. I would say I. I see Mazzara more as Michael Conforto. But I could see him going above 30 home runs. Like I can see Conforto definitely hitting 40 home runs. So I see Conforto a little above him. But I don't see him with maybe quite that amount. Um, but yeah, I do think I do think he has a lot of power coming his way, especially if he hits in Texas. Like I just think he's he can blow some people away, and I love Marzara. The next guy, Byron Buxton. Has he done anything recently in spring training? <laughs> By the way, I mean, we have him at 165 uh, here in the ADP. This is probably inaccurate, folks. He's probably jumped up quite a bit uh, since then. I do not know. I wish I actually knew um, where he was going right now. Uh, he's batting 545 with three home runs and 11 at bats in spring training. And he has just been climbing up and up and up and up and up the ADP. The only thing I will say that I am totally impressed with, and in the 11 at-bats, three home runs and a double, he has yet to strike out. And I find that to be amazing. Uh, I don't know where I'd be comfortable taking him in the draft, but I will have to assume there's going to be someone in your draft taking him much earlier than I'd be comfortable with. And that is all I can really say at this juncture. I will want to see more out of him in spring training. I'd want to see it with my own eyes. I want to see the plate discipline against better pitchers. Uh, but, uh, you know, we all, we've seen it out of him in the majors. We've seen him do it in the majors before. So, you know, it's one of those guys, like I can't quit sort of, but I just, I just got to imagine that there's going to be one guy in your league that probably believes in him in a little more than you do. And, um, he's just not worth grabbing way more than some of these other guys, in my opinion. Um, just, I'm just going to let him be some other guys, uh, some other guys treasure this year. If it ends up being that. So I believe it was our first episode, our introductory episode that we said, be careful about guys or or reacting to um, spring training performances. Yes. Uh, Lewis Brinson Brinson batting 438 with five home runs. Yeah. I I mean, and Buxton, I think this is where he belongs. I mean, sure, he can definitely do it if he puts everything together. I mean, 2017, he had a decent season. He had almost uh, – he had 16 home runs, 69 runs, 51 RBIs, 29 stolen bases. But if that's his ceiling, I'm probably, like you said, skipping over him. Uh, I mean, unless he's like – where. I mean, he, unless he's being taken – where he's being taken right now. But again, with the sensationalism of a lot of people and his performance thus far in spring training, I'm just, I'm not reaching for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we kind of think the same way. Um, Moving along here, Harrison Bader, um, St. Louis Cardinals. He had, he had quite the year last year and 427 plate appearances, batted 264 with 12 home runs and 15 stolen bases. Uh, in 2017 in AAA, uh, he hit uh, 283 with 20 home runs and 15 stolen bases, added three more home runs and two more stolen bases in the majors, giving him a total of 23 home runs and 17 stolen bases, which is kind of what you would hope for in a full major league season. Uh, I wouldn't maybe give him quite that. Given his 29% strikeout rate, um, I would I would have to see him improve a little bit there. I'd give him maybe a 250 batting average if I'm being kind. 
um, 15 to 20 stolen ba- or 15 to 20 home runs, uh, probably on the lower side there near the 15. And then same thing with the batting or the stolen bases, 15 to 20, um, which is still really good for this time in the draft. I'm not trying to downplay him at all. I don't think he has anything to worry about playing time wise. I think if anyone is going to lose their job to, to Tyler O'Neill, it's probably going to be Dexter Fowler. It um, needs to be Dexter. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I think Bader is a fine option at pick 171 as a 45th outfielder because even though he had a, a he had a really alarmingly high K percentage, um, and he always has in the minors. I mean that ain't going away. So don't don't expect that to improve. He had a 358 uh, batting average for balls in play, which will be coming down. So that 264 batting average, he's not probably not going to have a very good batting average. But the power and speed um, combinations totally legit. Yeah, he's kind of, well, I mean, I'm I'm a Cardinals fan, obviously. Uh, I like him late. I think now that he will be probably the starting, uh, or he is the starting center fielder, probably gets a little bit more comfortable on that lineup. I would really like to see him hitting second. Um, if he can get that uh, average up and get on base more, I think he's going to be a a decent uh he he'll have a decent season. I mean, he's got power. We've seen him have power. If he's let's say if he's in that second hole, he's going to score a lot more runs than 70. Um and he's probably going to get a few more stolen bases. So his ceiling's probably 20 20 home runs, 80 plus runs. I, I well, we'll see. I mean, this this lineup's going to be very good. So he could see over a hundred runs batting ahead of Goldschmidt and uh, o- Ozuna. We'll we'll see where he's at in the lineup. Um, so his ceiling's uh, decent for where we're picking him here. Mm-hmm. So you might you might take a chance. Yep. Uh, yeah, I like Bader. Um, someone interesting right after him is Brandon Nemo, Nemo on the uh, the New York Mets, who apparently did not get sick by uh, his inability to cook chicken. It ended up being the <laughs> flu or something. Oh, good. I heard like fans were sending him like uh, instant read thermometers in the mail. <laughs> uh, last year he had two sixty three with seventeen home runs, seventy seven runs, and nine stolen bases, and five hundred thirty five plate appearances. Uh, one cool thing about Brandon Nemo is every year, I mean, he was drafted out of Montana. I think he never, his high school didn't even have a baseball team. They drafted him straight on athletic ability. Um, and the kid would move up in a, a level in the in the minors. He would struggle. The next year, he would dominate. He would move up, he'd struggle, then he'd dominate. He'd move up, he'd struggle, then he'd dominate. He just learns fast. And the same thing happened in the major leagues. He had a major power boost last year. Um, obviously, he had a lot more bats than usual. But he jumped up to 17 home runs, um, 219 ISO, which you know you can attribute to a few different things here. I mean, in uh, in 2017, he had a 35 percent hard contact rate. Last year, he had a 37.2. Not a big deal. 17.5 uh, percent home run to fly ball ratio. Now you're thinking that is probably a little high. It could be coming down, but we don't know that because one other interesting thing happened with him in that he took his 25% um, pull rate in AAA and his 32% uh, pull rate in 2017 in the majors and turned that in almost 45% last year. Um, 
And that is obviously going to give you a little more power if you're just like ripping through the strike zone, uh, trying to trying to pop some out. So that is a completely interesting thing to take a look at uh, going into this year. All the projections, as far as like the bad ATC uh, steamer, they all have they all buy into the power, but they also are really giving them a hit in batting average. Where I actually think he's going to improve in batting average through approach. I think that he's going to be a better all-field hitter. I would expect instead of the batting average to go down um, because of uh, the inflated BABIP. Um, like in 2017, he batted 260 with a 360 um, BABIP. He hit 351 BABIP with a 263 last year. So, I mean, I think that's just where he's going to live in that in that area. So I think that uh, he'll hit a little better. I say like 270. Um, I think the power is actually he'll continue to develop it because I think he's a really good hitter. So I think 15 to 20 home runs could still happen. But leading off for the Mets, I think he could score 100 runs. Uh, so I think – I mean, he gets on base constantly. He's a really smart hitter. I think he continues to develop. So I think he's a, he's a good guy to draft around 177 just because I think he's a good hitter. Um, that's just going to continue to get better. So as thing, things will almost even out in terms of good luck, bad luck, I think, for him. You're the Mets guy. I'm going to let you have that one. <laughs> you know, we're, we're at this part of the draft, you know, 177, where you want to start taking risks. So, you know, this guy has shown the ability to grow at every level. So I, I like him. Um, right afterwards, there's there's a few guys in a row. Austin Meadows, uh, Raymond Loreno, Hunter Renfro, some, some young guys. Um, we start with Austin Meadows. He didn't... Uh, he hit a little above his pay grade as far as I was concerned in uh, in his rookie year. Uh, he got traded, obviously, from Pittsburgh down to Tampa Bay in that atrocious deal where the Rays just took the, took the Pirates to the house on that on the Archer deal. They just, like, stole all the candy from the cookie jar, uh, including Austin Meadows. Last year, he had 287 with six home runs and five stolen bases in his rookie year. That, again, that was only 59 games. Uh, in the In the minors... In full seasons, um, he had like seven home runs, 21 stolen bases, 12 home runs. Like, he's like, you know, he's going to hit around 15 plus home runs. Same thing with the stolen bases. So that's kind of what you're going to expect out of him last year or this this coming year and kind of for the rest of his career. He's he's kind of like your double-digit home runs, double-digit steals um, with a modest batting average. I mean, nothing too special. I uh, wouldn't expect much in terms of runs or RBIs, uh, maybe in like, you know, the 60s. Uh, so, I mean, he, it is what it is. A lot of people are excited about him for the possibility of growth. I actually think he's a prime candidate for a sophomore sophomore slump. I'm not too excited about Meadows this year as compared to some of the other people I can get around this area. What do you think of him? Yeah, I'm not either. I, uh, I mean, there's just not a ton of upside this season. Going into the future, sure, but mm-hmm. – I mean, he just – he doesn't have overt power. He doesn't have overt speed. Like, I just don't see the necessary – or the that ceiling, I guess, that we could get from some of the guys that are going here or, or some of the other risks that are going around here. Yeah, I mean, for my best example – well, not best example, a good one, is the guy going very next in the ADP on NFPC is Raymond Loreno for Oakland. He's going to play every day. Um, for that in that decent lineup, probably towards the the tail end, uh, last year he came up at a 288 with five home runs and seven stolen bases in an, in 48 games. He has 
very legitimate 30 uh, stolen base upside. Uh, he's done it in the minors, um, and he actually showed a little more power last year. He had a uh, five home runs in 48 games, uh, 186 ISO after having a 228 ISO uh, in AAA. So he ended up having 19 home runs on the year with 18 stolen bases. And I think that is, um, I think he could actually improve upon that. The batting average will probably slip a little bit. I, I think he could still hit 260, 270 uh, right off the bat in the majors. Uh, his strikeout rate is a little bit of an issue, but um, we we're saying that uh, we thought that Meadows getting those numbers were kind of his uh, his ceiling. I think Loreno's pretty pretty safe to expect those numbers, but I think his ceiling is is incredibly higher. I think you could see 20 home runs, 30 stolen bases out of this guy if the power if his power surge actually holds. So I, I like Loreno a lot. Um, I wish he was going a little bit later, to be honest, but I really do love the upside um, out of out of the kid. He's he's uh, he's he's going to be very good. He had um, multiple seasons in the minors with over 200 ISO. So we definitely have seen him have that power. And like you said, we've seen him eclipse over or 20 uh, stolen bases a couple times. He also had 18. So it's, it, I, I think if you're going to take a chance on a rookie, I'm probably taking it on uh, Lorena over uh, Meadows. Yeah. Or Loriano. I'm probably like messing that name up. I mess names up. Everyone will get used to it. Not a big deal. Um, Next couple of guys, uh, I'll lump all kind of together. Hunter Renfro, Corey Dickerson, Ryan Braun. Good with bad, red flags, green flags. Hunter Renfro, uh, he's a power hitter for the Padres. He had a very good year last year. Almost, uh, let me look him up. I think he had almost, I think he had almost 30 home runs, if I'm not mistaken. Pulling it up right now. The only issue with him is he's probably going to be in a platoon situation. Um, he, he had he had batted 248 with 26 home runs for the Padres. But they have um, they have in their lineup now um, because they signed Machado. Will Myers is in the outfield. Uh, Franchi Cordero, um, Manuel Margot, um, Hunter Renfro, and Franmil uh, Fran Reyes. Um, so they are going to have some decisions to make as far as who plays and who doesn't. And I think Renfro, who they talked about trading a lot, uh, could be a casualty of that. I mean, the best thing to happen for him is maybe he gets traded to Cleveland in a deal for one of their aces, as obviously that would make sense for both Cleveland. I mean, obviously San Diego would have to include more than that. I mean, part of the package, but that would make sense for everyone. But I I don't like taking Renfro around here because I think that uh, he could be in for a real playing time issue. Yeah, I agree. I, legitimate power, but I mean, I don't know where he's going to get the at-bats. Yep. Um, Corey Dickerson. Uh, he he started off really good after the Rays released him for practically no reason. He batted 300 last year, 13 home runs, eight RBIs. Um, if he plays a whole season uninjured, which is very unlikely, Corey Dickerson's gonna get injured. He probably can, you know, his his batting average will probably go back to around 280. He could hit 20 home runs. He can get you 70 runs, 70 RBIs, and a handful of steals. He's he's fine to take around there. I mean, there, there's other people I'd probably rather have, but uh, the in, for the injury risk, I don't really want a part of him. I, I mean, how much is it uh, an injury risk, though? Because, I mean, the last three seasons he's played 135 or more games. So. Eh. No, it's it, it's mean, not that, like, he's injured and, like, 
missing time, it, it almost it, kind of like Michael yeah. Brantley. It seems like he's always injured and playing through injury. Because sure. um, like if if you actually extrapolate out when he's playing well, he should his his overall statistics should be better. I don't mind him again. It's it's this point in the draft where if you take him, he could be a perfectly fine value. Um, I'm just saying he's not one of my favorite guys. There's there's more guys I like in this vicinity than him. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I'm not I'm not against him. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and and he's another guy whose ceiling's pretty capped. I mean, as and even in his best season, twenty seven home runs, sixty two RBIs. Um, he hasn't been in the best of situations in his career, but. I mean, and and I wouldn't. I don't think he's in the best situation, um, with the Pirates either. So, yep. uh, his his upsides, I think, just is capped. Mm. Um, here, you're probably looking at uh, a ceiling of 20 home runs, 65 plus runs, 70 RBIs, which isn't terrible. No, for this for this, where he's going. Yeah, especially for this part, it's I fine. Mean, so I. And, and maybe I just talked myself into it, but <laughs> I would rather have Corey Dickerson than the three guys ahead of him. You know who I'd rather have than him? Ryan Braun. Yes. Um, I hate saying I that. I know. He's such way. a horrible human. Uh, but in his heyday, when he was smacking 30 to 40 home runs, 100. When he was taking steroids. Yeah, when he was going insane, he was you know getting over 600 plate appearances, hitting 25 to 40 home runs, 100 and 100, and still in a ton of bags. Um, the last few years, he's still 580, 560, 560 plate appearances. Last couple of years, 450 or so. Um, still batting 268, 254 with like 20 home runs and like 10 stolen bases on average between the last couple of years. Uh, last year, he batted 254 with 20 and 11. Um, if he were to have a healthy season, and now Domingo Santana is out of there, they got a little less of a log jam. Um, in the outfield, um, I could see this guy hitting 270, giving you 25 home runs, giving you 75 runs, 80 RBIs, and stealing you 10 to 15 bases. And guess what? This is this shocked me when I read it. They are working on him this year with launch angle. I don't know why. What? It doesn't <laughs> strike me as a guy who would have needed it, but that is. Uh, for some reason, I find that horribly intriguing. Um, so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm interested to see how that goes in spring training. But even if he stays the same player, he's a fine price. That's a great lineup. It's a good ballpark. And if he's going to be trying to do some weird voodoo stuff with his swing, you know, good for him. Um, I'll take a 250 batting average. Uh, with 20 home runs, 10 stolen bases, the possibility for much more, which I think, you know, he's probably good for a much better batting average, a few more home runs um, this season. So I like Ryan Braun as uh, my target in the 200 range. I like him a lot more than anyone else around him. And, I mean, that lineup's great. So if he, like you said, if he can stay healthy, he could put up some decent numbers. I mean, just as recently as 2016, he hit 30 home runs, 80, 80 runs, 91 RBIs. Um, he hit 305. So I, I think he's been plagued by injury. I mean, he is getting up there in age, um, 35. Yep. But yeah, in that lineup, and if he stays healthy and let's say plays 140 games, 
I, I definitely agree. He's he's a good he's a good risk to take here. Yeah, you're getting the veteran discount. Why would you take a guy? I would rather take a guy that I know has done it time and time again rather than a rookie that I'm hoping does the same thing that is could have some growing pains. Like I'll take the discount on Ryan Braun. Like I know he's probably I know what I'm probably getting, um, even at a floor and um you know, sometimes you just got to take the boring player. And, you know, in this case, it's Ryan Braun. You know, if he falls to you, great. Take the value. Um, one interesting guy here is Jesse Winker. The issue here, I mean, every if you read any article, he's on a lot of people's lists. Last year, he had 299 with seven home runs in 89 games. Um, he has a lot of potential. He could, uh, you know, he could hit, he could hit 15 plus home runs, give you 70, 75 or plus RBIs and runs. He's in a very good lineup in a, in the, uh, the Reds ballpark, but they have Yasiel Puig, Matt Kemp, Scott Shebler, um, Jesse Winker, and now they are putting Nick Senzel in center field. They've been putting him there every game, uh, and they say they like him there and they kind of want to keep him there. So I don't know where that leaves some of these Reds outfielders. The only one I'm not afraid of is Puig. Everyone else, I'm kind of afraid of the played appearances this year. I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, so that's the only issue, issue with Winker. I mean, he's very projectable. I like him a lot. But uh, I don't understand the playing time with him, and I'm going to be avoiding him because of it. Well, and he hasn't. I mean, in the two seasons he's been up, or with the Reds, I mean, he, the most games he's played is 89. So it's, I mean, I'm sure that they're going to probably want to play Kemp a lot. Um, so, and then it just leaves with that one outfield position in center field. And is he going to be a good defensive center, center fielder? But like you said, it's just, there's a lot of outfielders there. And the only one that's going to get legitimate, legitimate when you play every day is Puig. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, like, roster resource in a couple places, it looks like the outfield as it stands right now is Puig, Shebler, and Winker with Kemp on the bench. That's, like, almost universal, but that doesn't include Senzel, who they'll probably keep in the minors for a while. But, I mean, his walk rate um, from from 2017 to 2018, he brought his walk rate up, like, 5%. He, he cut his K rate down. Um, from 17.5 to 13.8, his, his hard hit percentage went up from 35 to 43.9. Um, he, he did, he is a good hitter. And I think if given everyday bats, he'd be, he'd actually be very good in that ballpark. But yeah, with the playing time concerns, I, it'd have to be a deep league for me to really be taking a shot on him, I think, or he'd have to have a deep bench. All right. Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Cubs love to platoon people, guys. They love doing stuff like that. And between between him and Ian Happ, I just don't see it. Um, you know, he hits the ball really hard. You know, 40% hard contact rates. You know, he, I just – no thank you to Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, he can hit 30 home runs. He just – he's probably going to hit around 30 home runs. Uh, the last two years, he had 211 with 30 home runs. He had 238 with 26 home runs. But – He's, it's too annoying to follow this along. Um, if you really struck out on power and you absolutely have to go there, I guess you can. But, I mean, you could wait, you know, several rounds and get a guy like Randall Graycheck, who's going to have similar upside and play every day. Um, 
so I don't, I don't, I don't buy into Schwarber. I'm kind of off him. Um, you know, let's send him to the American League so he doesn't have to field because it's 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 eye it's an eyesore. Yeah, I just no. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it's good. It's a good answer. Um, Adam Eaton. He started out last year as the National League MVP, if anyone can remember. He was the hottest guy on the planet. Wasn't even close. Uh, I mean, he was just destroying the ball. He It was like, it was amazing. And then he got a minor injury that he almost came back from. And then he had a minor setback. And then it turned into a different injury. And then he was just never the same. Ended up with only 95 games played. Um, batted 301 with five home runs and nine RBI or nine stolen bases. Um, he's one of those guys like um, like Michael Brantley. He has that kind of like that kind of look, but he's just always injured. But without a meeting, it's almost a guarantee at this point. Um, in some of the projections this year, they have him with like over 600 plate appearances. Like whatever, I don't see that in a thousand years happening um i mean with the white Sox for three straight years he had uh five 538 689 706 plate appearances um and then i don't know i mean i hope he i hope he stays healthy it's a great lineup to be in um i, I think when he plays he's going to be good but i just i no thank you to i guess adam eaton but 215 it's a totally reasonable thing to do if you if you have a great outfield and you can afford the risk but if you can't i mean it is a big 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 risk yeah i mean it's just another guy i'm i'm skipping here i he hasn't been healthy in the last two seasons i just i i can't i can't take i again there there are guys around here that i would rather take and and later that i'd rather take a chance on yeah one guy is very interesting is the very next batter uh adam eaton's going to 215 and 215 or adam eaton's going to like 215.11 215.95 is the 55th over outfielder this guy last year was in the 93rd percentile of exit velocity 96th percentile of hard hit percentage i mean do you have i mean why is a guy like that available this late? Any guesses? I mean, I obviously you're following along with me, but I mean, uh, listeners, do you have any guess who I'm talking about? It's Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, last season he batted 234 with 13 home runs and 17 stolen bases. Previous year he batted 245 with 17 home runs, eight stolen bases. Previous year he batted 267 with 26 home runs. Um. He is just an anomaly. Anomaly. He had a 41% hard contact rate last year, brought his ground ball rate down from 49% down to up the, to 43%. He had a little more of a he has a completely average home run to fly ball ratio, but his average is actually quite a bit higher, 14%, 18%, 17%. So he could actually expect to see a little bit of a jump in his home runs if it sticks to his career average. I would say at this point in the draft, you're getting a guy who's going to probably hit closer to 250, 20 home runs, 15 stolen bases, and on that Red Sox team, probably 80 runs, 70 RBIs. So when you're looking at Adam Eaton, pass right by him and grab uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., who's just um, who's just kind of like a you know a gold nugget hidden hidden in a box of garbage. <laughs> I mean, this is like pass a lot of people ahead of him. 
<laughs> pass uh, Loreno, pass Renfro, probably pass Dickerson, pass Meadows. I mean, when you have a projection like that, 20 home runs, 80 runs, 70 RBIs, and probably 15 stolen bases, that belongs a lot earlier. No idea why he's being taken so low. Yeah, I mean, his only real red flag is his strikeouts, but, you know, I I I think he's but, a, I mean, he's a tremendous been guy. Like that for, that's been, been like that for years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, I you mean, know, he's, he's – yeah, I mean, he's, it, the only is, thing is swinging strike rate is getting worse, um, but not enough to. I mean, at this value here, like we're we're talking right now, he's going two fifteen in drafts. Um, the 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 outfielders after are right before him are Schwarberny, and the ones after him are Chris Taylor and Trey Mancini. It's like, what are we talking about here? This guy is a really good value. Um, I just missed him in my uh, my fantasy baseball invitational draft, and I was super pissed. I was looking at him late, um, but uh, yeah, if you have a deeper league or you're just plugging him in there for your last outfielder, you can do a lot worse than Jackie Bradley Jr. He's a very great value. All right, the rest of the people here, we're going to kind of cruise through and say some like one-liners because there's like a lot of guys we want to get through. We'll stop on a couple that are interesting. Uh, Chris Taylor, I know we talked about him a little bit in the uh, the shortstop show. He's another decent value. The only problem I have with him is maybe uh, playing time. You know, Kiki Hernandez could get in there. Uh, but over even with the playing time issues, uh, he's just another one of those guys that uh, is going to deliver you good roto stats. Um, you, know, t- you know, last year he had 254, 17 home runs, and nine stolen bases, which is considered a bummer because the previous year he had 288, 21 home runs, and 17 um, stolen bases. Uh, the You know, the... It's probably going to be a little closer to last year. I mean, I wouldn't expect any 2017, but you could hit like 250 with that same thing. 17 home runs around 10 stolen bases, which is completely fine. Um, except if the team's a little better, you can probably give them a little bump in the other counting stats. But, you know, for this this point of the draft, I think that's solid. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're probably dealing with just a, a maybe a platoon situation here. So yeah, uh, his ceiling's obvi- obviously going to be cl- capped. Uh, but again, when a good hitter this late playing, let's say 120, 130 games, I'm actually okay with it. Yep. Uh, and then if instead of taking Kyle Schwarber at 212, where he's certainly going to get platooned um, and seems to be getting a little worse, uh, you wait, wait a little bit and draft Framil Reyes. He batted 280 last year with 16 home runs in 87 games. This guy can mash. I mean, by the way, and that was 16 home runs in the Padres in AAA last year in 2018. He had 16 home runs. So he had 32 home runs last year. Um, and with a really good batting average as well. So I would expect him to hit around 280 this year. You know, with cl- close to 30 home runs, the only thing is that outfield's going to need to shake out a little bit. He could be seeing a platoon of sorts. Um, I have him down for maybe playing 120 to 130 games, but that's still plenty of time for him to get near 30 home runs with that kind of power. And if he gets more than that, that's just gravy. Uh, so I think playing time or not, he is a guy that you probably want to grab on your team because th- his power is like beyond legitimate. This is one of those stash and cross your fingers that he shows out in his second season and that they he basically forces the Padres to play him because the dude can rake. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, after him, uh, there's a, there's there's some decent guys here later. I mean, I'll write in a row. Uh, right here is Trey Mancini. Uh, he had a really good 2017 where everyone was excited. He batted 293 with 24 home runs, 78 RBIs. And the following year, he was a little disappointing, 242 batting average with a depressed uh, BABIP, but um, which, he, you know, his his batting average is probably going to be closer in the 260 range. Still 24 home runs uh, and close to 60 RBIs. Guess what you're going to expect next year? 260 batting average, around 24 home runs, and between 60 and 70 RBIs. Same exact thing. So, I mean, if uh, you're just looking for just uh, a batting average that won't kill you, decent power, um, you know, plug that in there. So, like earlier, you're you're paying, what was it? You're paying um, around the 26 or 27th outfielder, Justin Upton. You're going to 250, 260 batting average, 30 home runs, uh, and 90 RBIs. Or you can get a guy hitting 260 with 25 home runs and 80 RBIs, but you can get him, you can get him around pick 228. That's why these generic guys are kind of available. You're not getting the stone bases with him. He's obviously not going to be Justin Upton, but um, that's why it's it's close enough in roto leagues where there you know the guys like that earlier are not worth paying for in my opinion. Mind you. Last season, or over the last two seasons, he's been doing this in a very poor lineup. And he will continue to. (laughs) Yeah, so it's not like, oh, well, we're just seeing the good times. We're seeing the bad times, and he's been a very good hitter in the bad times. Yep. So, I mean, if you can accept that he's not going to get a ton of RBIs, you're going to hit 25-plus home runs with – that's ridiculous. 24 home runs and 58 RBIs. God, the Orioles are terrible. Um, (laughs) But I mean, you can, I mean, that's a good line for such a bad lineup. (laughs) Um, Someone next, we talked about him first base a little bit. Jake Bowers. He's interesting. I didn't really like what I saw too much in his rookie year. As far as eye test, the stats weren't as bad. He batted 201, which is obviously not good, but in 96 games, he had 11 home runs and six stolen bases. You know, first baseman, six stolen bases. That's pretty good. That he, that's what he does. Um, in AAA in 2017, he stole 20 bases. Uh, he, he can steal you some bases and which was, makes him a sneaky pick later. He's, you know, he's traded to Cleveland in the Yandy Diaz deal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, his batting average is not going to be great. I say maybe 240, but he has 15 to 20 home run power and he's going to give you those stolen bases. Maybe not 20, but he'll give you like 15. So you got to be worried about, we're a little worried about his strikeouts, but he walks a decent amount, which I think should mitigate any kind of damage. Uh, so if you can live with a 240 batting average, I think he gives you a cheap 15 to 20 home runs, 15 steals, around 70 runs, 70 RBIs. I mean, I think Jake Bowers is a pretty intriguing guy late. Yeah, this is kind of wild. Like, it's just because, like, there's – it seems like there's guys that have – better names that are going above some of the guys that we're talking about here. But Mm -hmm. some of these guys are going to likely put up better lines than you will see from a lot of the guys ahead of them, which is just crazy to me. Like people do your research. He, I understand he only had a two Oh one average last year, but 
He was a better hitter than that in the minors. He's going to hit better. He only had a two fifty two bat bit, by the way. Yeah. I mean, this he's is just, this is hit better. It is projectability too, though. I mean, we haven't really seen him do it for a long time in the major league level. When we did see at the major league level, he hit two hundred one. So I mean, there's you know we he could I mean he could, granted, but no no I mean I mean like where we're at yeah. in this like draft. Oh yeah, it's just one of those yep. things where it's like um, I'm taking him probably over Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. I'm taking him over probably. I mean, you're talking Renfro. I, I mean, Loreno, Meadows. Yeah. There's just there's a lot of guys ahead of him that I would rather take the chance on. I, I would wait and and get Jake Bowers than take one of those guys way ahead. Well, the, the big thing I'm hearing this year is outfield is so thin, which I couldn't disagree with more. Outfield is thin with reliability. There's only so many people you can rely on to do what they're going to do. There's even high-end people that you can't totally trust what they're going to do. So I get as far as reliable, but that's for any position. Reliability comes at a premium. But we were talking about, again, the Justin Uptons, and not to pick on him. He's just like your garden variety, low bat, you know, lower batting average power guy. Uh, Domingo Santana has been traded to Seattle. He's going to play every day. Um, he's got some power. He showed it a couple of years ago in Milwaukee. He's going at 234. Max Kepler, Minnesota last year, um, hit 20 home runs previous year, 19 home runs previous year, 17 home runs. I mean, this guy's going to hit 250 with 20 uh, 20 plus home runs, in my opinion, and give you close to 80 runs and 80 RBIs and a handful of steals. Total steal uh, this part of the draft. Why invest in a garden variety guy like that earlier? Uh, Randall Randall Grichek, which is actually you know a lot of people are are um, are on Max Kepler. I think Grichek is a is a great example of a guy to wait on and get some cheap power. Uh, last year for the Blue Jays, batted two forty five with twenty five home runs. Um, with twenty seventeen with the Cardinals in only uh, one hundred twenty two games. Batted 238 with 22 home runs, six stolen bases. This guy's going to play every day for the Blue Jays. I mean, he's going to he's going to hit 250 with 30 plus home runs. I'm like guaranteeing it. This guy's going to hit 30 home runs, and he could hit upwards of 100 RBIs if they put him in a nice spot in that lineup. And he's going to give you a handful of steals. Am I like official prediction? If I need to get one, he's going to hit maybe 250, maybe a shade under, but right around 250. 30 home runs, uh, let's say 75 runs, 90 RBIs, five steals. Randall Grichek is like one of the best values in the entire draft, all positions. I love him uh, for even just um, regular mixed leagues. Uh, If you have five outfielders, he'll slide in there very nicely. Uh, Grichek's always going to be – he's always been a power type hitter. Um, so yeah, I mean, when you're when when you're projected probably twenty five to thirty, sixty, maybe even seventy, eighty. I mean that I, again. I'm just I'm gonna keep hammering this home. Like, why is Gritcha going at two thirty eight when guys ahead of him either are probably in platoon situations mm-hmm. or they definitely don't have the ceiling that Gritchuk does? Like that's just they're you there are values to be had this year um that kind of does it for the guys i'm mostly interested in there is some people that are very that are interesting enough to talk about so we're gonna hit on a few people real quick um 
some people that might, you know, some people have interest in in general. Ian Happ, good post hype guy. He was, everyone was pumped up on him. He had a good first couple of games. He, and he fizzled out pretty bad. He has very bad plate discipline. Um, he's slated to play for the Cubs. They don't have much of a bench this year, but they love to platoon. And if he's not going to hit, he's going to suffer. But uh, if you're looking for a high upside guy, he's a power speed threat who's who's worth paying attention to. I'm not going to get into too much depth on him. Um, Shinsu Chu, another guy who's going to hit like 260, give you 20 home runs and five to five to seven steals. Just another one of those just cheap guys. Uh, Kevin Pillar, power speed guys, the 71st going around 274. If you need a cheap um, power or steals, you can provide both. Jay Bruce has been, as a Mets fan, I can tell you firsthand, he's been battling plantar fasciitis for the better half of two years. And he's ready to go now. I mean, he's Jay Bruce. You can get him around 274. If you're devoid of power and you want to take a risk on someone, Jay Bruce is not a bad bet. Um, you know, he's, he was almost like money in the bank for 30 home runs every year. And if he's going to bounce back in Seattle, um, you know, he'll, he'll have plenty of at bats and, um, it's not the best place to to hit, not the worst place to hit, but, um, I'm expecting a bounce back for him. Um, and if you like speed, Greg Allen, um, he's going around 301 for Cleveland. He came up last year. I mean, one Cleveland has like one of the worst outfields in all of baseball. So, uh, him being able to uh, him being able to crack uh, that bats there shouldn't be too hard if he can manage to hit. Um, in limited plate appearances last year, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. He was able to uh, really show off his wheels. Uh, was it two, 91 games? In 91 games, only 91. He batted 257 with 21 steals. Um, back in 2016. He stole what he steal 45 bases in the minors. Um, so I mean, if you're gonna give this guy even a part-time job, he's gonna go out there and steal you almost 30 bases, even if you give him a hundred games. Uh, he's gonna go out there and steal you between 20, you know, 25 and 30 bases. So if you're looking for steals late, Greg Allen, write his name down. because uh, everyone's drafting these guys early, like D. Gordon. Or or um, Billy Hamilton. If Greg Allen finds himself some playing time, he is again. I know I keep saying this, the steal of the draft. But as far as steals steals go, he is the steals guy of the draft that you have to have um, as like you know your the the dart throw at the very end. Because yeah, if he if he if he plays himself into a starting job, he's gold. Yeah, I have a I have a few that I like late too. Um, Gregory Polanco, which I get it. He, he's got shoulder that shoulder injury that he's recovering from. He may not be back until April or May. But when he's right, he hits 20-plus home runs, gets you 70, nearly 80 runs, 80-plus uh, RBIs. So that's a guy that you pro- you may have to draft here, but if if he drops out of your draft, be paying attention because if he, he when if and when he comes back he's going to be a very good hitter. Um, Tyler O'Neill. So this will be this one's a little interesting just because I don't we don't necessarily know how the outfield situation for the Cardinals is going to shake out, 
But the dude can mash. He will strike out like crazy. He strikes out 25 to 30% of the time. But his ISO is also around 300, 250 to 300. Um, so he's going to hit the ball. He's going to crush the ball. His home run to fly ball ratios, um, the last three, three seasons in, in the minors and with the Cardinals, has been 25-plus. Um, and he's he's had 22-plus um, in the several seasons before that. So that dude can hit. And if Dexter Fowler starts out slow again, I would not be surprised to see Tyler O'Neill take over the outfield for him. Also, also he is jacked. <laughs> Yes, I, I've been looking at his body. It's fine. Um, um, you, got, you got anyone? I actually had one more guy I wanted to mention. I, got, I, I have two, I have two yeah, guys go for here, and they're two former Orioles. <laughs> it's Nick Markakis. Boo. Which? <laughs> Just kidding. Are you booing I him? Am, You're booing him because he's a brave? I, no, I'm booing him because his second half made me want to cry because that's how bad he was. I I get it. I I understand that, but – at the end of the day, at the end of the season, he still had 14 home runs. He had 78 runs. He had 93 RBIs. Yeah. Yes, he had a fantastic first half. Um, and it's going to be a likely a better lineup with Josh Donaldson down there now as well. Um, his, his second half was not great, but he's been a good hitter for his career. He hasn't been excellent but he's been a good hitter and and again we're talking he's going at 312 right now so when you and 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 over the last three seasons with the braves he's had 67 or more runs 76 or more rbis and and you're not going to get the home runs but i mean you probably still get double digit home runs you probably still get 70 plus runs maybe more probably still get 70 plus rbis which is great for where he's going and finally adam jones he hasn't he hasn't um signed yet which we get it like the the free agency right now and strikes and whatever but the guy can hit like he and he had a better second half last season than he uh, than his first, um, and for where he's going as well, and he's going in in, in three at three eleven. You're you're still probably looking at twenty home runs, um, depending on where he signs now. Twenty home runs, probably seventy plus runs, probably in seventy plus RBIs. So there's just there's values late that. I think are probably relatively consistent that I would much rather have than some of the risks that are going ahead of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting people. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of risk with them. Um, Adam Jones is fairly consistent. It really depends on where he ends up signing, but I, I do like him. I know the, uh, you don't want to hear it as a Rockies fan. They already have a log jam. There was always talk of them lo- still looking for another outfielder, but whole, if, if he could play center field, I would love <laughs> I that. Mean, I mean, he's a very bad center fielder, but he is a, he is a I, center fielder. Do you want here? Here, here's this Ian Desmond or Adam Jones. Oh, Adam Jones. No, if Adam Jones yes, signs at Colorado, <laughs> I'm going to be drafting him everywhere. Um, 30 plus home runs. Uh, one guy that I, I, I didn't mention was uh, someone I'm trying to grab a few places is Christian Stewart. If you are not familiar with him, um, you know, outfielder for the Detroit Tigers, 
the good thing about them being just a piss poor team is that uh, all of their young guys are going to get a shot to play. And this is one of them. He is a total power. Um, he, I just grabbed him again. The, uh, uh, the great fantasy baseball invitation. I just grabbed him as my fifth outfielder was super psyched to get him. He's 25 years old. Uh, in the minor leagues in AAA or AA, he had uh, 130 games. He had 28 home runs. Um, in 2018, he had uh, 23 home runs in AAA before coming up to the majors, hitting 267 with a couple of home runs in a few games in September for the Tigers. Uh, I think the power is very, very legit. I think, you know, he, as a, as a rookie, he's probably going to struggle a bit with uh, the strikeouts. So his batting average will be something that he won't be able to depend on, maybe like 240. But uh, this guy could hit 30 home runs out of the gate. Um, not kidding. I think 20 home runs is probably his floor, uh, getting every day at bats. Um, just look at some of the projections, uh, fan graphs. They have him at 266 batting average, 28 home runs, 101 RBIs. That is the most optimistic on him. Uh, the, the, the moon, the main average has him around 240 with like 22 home runs, 66 RBIs around there. But Again, at this point in the draft, this is like one of the last people you are drafting. So keep your eye on him, how he does. Uh, he's, he's been having a good spring so far. And just how things shakes out because he is a, a lot of power that you can grab literally at the very, very end. And we couldn't end the show without mentioning at least Lewis, Lewis Brinson. Yes, I mentioned him early in the show when it comes to do not care about, we do not care about spring training stats. He had amazing spring training stats last year and just looked how that worked out for him. Um, just an atrocious, atrocious year for Lewis Brinson. Um, but so far, he has five home runs in 16 <laughs> at-bats with a double. So I couldn't go through the entire show without even mentioning it, have to mention it, because, I mean, he's a, like a five-star prospect. He's supposed to be good. Um. We talked about Byron Buxton and how early he's going in drafts, which is, you know, obviously more understandable because we've seen Buxton do this at the major league level in a major way. We haven't seen Brinson prove shit at the major league level. But um, when he's at his best, I think that uh, Brinson is a maybe a 25, 25, uh, you know, maybe 25 home runs, 30 steal guy if he's completely fine. Um but, I mean that's his his that's his peak. I think the the stolen bases will probably be a little um, will probably be a little less than that now. But you know, the power is totally legitimate if he can just manage to somehow get it to come out in the uh, in the major leagues. Right now he's being projected around like a two twenty five batting average with seventeen home runs and uh, like six to eight stolen bases. But just follow him in spring training. See how he looks. Watch a Marlins game. Watch him yourself. See what you you see there. I'm gonna be I'll give you uh, we'll give you more of our thoughts. We'll have a spring training update episode coming up. But at the very end, if you want to throw a dart, you know, and you have an earlier draft and there's no one else on the draft board you really like you can throw one at Lewis Brinson, see how he ends the season. If he sucks early on, you can always cut him. But um, depending on the depth of your league, you know, Lewis Brinson, I always say with these guys, um, look at J.D. Martinez. He got cut by the Astros. Um, 
And I always had, I remember having a conversation with my dad that I really wanted the Mets to get him. Like, what do you want? This guy's failed. I'm like, I, he, he really heated up at the land of last season. And when really good players, people that were supposed to be really good, turn it around, it's easier to believe because they were supposed to be good. If that makes sense to everyone, it's a simple thought. But, you know, Lewis Brinson, he's supposed to be good. He's having a good spring. You can get him for free. If he was, if he cost anything, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you, everybody, but you can get him for free. So whatever, there'll be a few of these guys we talk about, uh, there'll be no name people having good springs. We'll tell you to completely ignore Lewis Brinson was probably going to end up in that pile. But when a guy of his caliber is doing well, you got to take notice if uh, the price is right. And currently it is. So if you're in a draft, it's coming up really soon. Uh, and you're just looking through names just to draft last. Instead of just like picking a name out of a hat, throw it at Lewis Brinson. Any uh, thoughts before we end the show? Can it be baseball season? <laughs> yeah. When is when is opening day? The 26th? Tim Tebow had a couple of hits. Ugh, God, if he makes the Mets, I... <laughs> can't. Well, I, I can, I can safely tell you that he has a 0% chance of making the Mets. He's going to probably be one of the first people sent sent to minor league camp. <laughs> uh, you never know. I who who wasn't it the GM that said, "Oh, well, I'm not ruling that out." Yeah, that was like the first <laughs> week that he was GM. He probably didn't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> but yeah, he's not he is not going to be uh contributing at the major league level. I think uh he's just too short. I mean his his swing is too it's weird. I, his swing I had weird. a bet with somebody like over under how many major league home runs will will Tim Tebow hit and we put the over under at 0.5. <laughs> and I took the over. I think he'll come up in September sometime and he'll hit one out. I think and I'd like him to. Whatever. He's a nice guy. He's literally one of the nicest people on the planet. I don't know how other people feel about him. He's not fake or anything. He mean truly is a nice guy. And, you know, if he, he, you know, everyone makes fun of him for wanting to play baseball. But if you were in that situation and they allowed you to play Major League Baseball, you'd do it, too. So, you know, I hope he I hope he gets into a Major League game sometime that doesn't matter. And he hits one out and he, you know, he gets to keep the ball. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Sam disagrees. Uh, Well, I I mean, no, I I don't. I mean, I'm a Broncos fan, so I don't mind Tim Tebow at all. I just, he's, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Tim Tebow. Uh, all right. Type that into ClipCast. ClipCast.app, by the, by the way, everybody. If uh, if you. Yeah, Tim Tebow. Seriously, the little thing about ClipCast. Uh, if you've never heard of it, there is actually a software program out there. Clips, ClipCast.app. Um, that's just like scanning. you. It's like YouTube for podcasts. You type in any player you want. Uh, and it'll bring up all the relevant podcasts. Uh, so if you type in Tim Tebow on uh, the next couple of days, you will find our podcast come right up uh, because uh, we talked about Tim Tebow. But if you want to talk about anyone with the and like the, the NFL Combine or anything like that, type in any of the players. It's a cool uh, website, and you should give it a should, should give it a look. So that wraps up the show. the The part two of the outfield rankings is done. All we have left to do now is the catchers and the pitchers which are obviously, uh, you know, completely different animals. Uh, the catcher episode will be very quick. Maybe we'll just do that one random night and release it because it'll be short and sweet. There's only like four guys worth talking about now that Salvador Perez is out for the year. Um, so uh, with that being said, uh, we are out of here and we will be back next week uh, probably with 
or we might, you know, we might drop the catcher episode at any time. Be on the lookout. But we will be back at least next week uh, with our next episode. See ya, everybody. Okay, bye. I love you. I need the truth. I need knowledge. Found this podcast with all of it, but what they call it? Turn two. Turn two. What they do? Win leaks. Catch out. Catch out. Peace.